0: Welcome to the Smart City Podcast, the technology program that looks at how buildings, communities, and cities are becoming smarter, more efficient, and more connected. We look at everything from the big ideas to drilling down to individual projects and innovative ideas that impact your day-to-day life. The Smart City Podcast is brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless, and secure solutions. Welcome to Episode 3, recorded on September 19th, 2020. I'm Alan Cross, along with Locomobi World founder and CEO, Grant Furlane. Our guest today is Adrian Wang, the Director of Innovation and Sustainability for Tridal, one of Canada's biggest developers. But first, here's the latest news from the connected world.
1: Sure. um, I guess the big news we hear about San Francisco is the mayor banning, um, closing down the market street. Uh, during the day um, and they're going to be posing bans on many streets to the new change it's not like it's going to be short term and people will not be able to drive through those streets um, we've kind of seen that a bit in Toronto as well but yeah, there's, this is, there's
0: a, a, a plan to close a big chunk of Yonge Street from all yeah. the way from Queens Quay all the way up to I think Wellesley,
1: Yeah, and when you hear it from San Fran, it's a big deal, though. And so I think Market Street, as you know, is the shopping street. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting because I think a lot of cities are going to follow suit. Um, another big thing that's kind of interesting is there's a company called Indra. Indra are um, one of the world-leading transportation people in transit and, and all types of systems. And they're introducing air drones for traffic control. So they have a new shot. They're going to be releasing air drones that are going to go 150 meters above the city and do all the air transportation traffic management with drones. And they've just introduced them, and it's the first global solution that I know of. And it'll be interesting to see how it's accepted.
0: So no more traffic helicopters for TV stations you know, and radio stations? nothing.
1: Nothing. And 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 I think that's pretty cool. Um, and that leads me to the best one, I think, the best one, is Facebook are hey, also launching me me social parking. media drones. Social media in the cloud. So, it'll fly around, report things, and you can talk via the social media. That'll be your internet. So, it'll gain internet everywhere now. It's always moving around. And um, that was just announced. And I think that's just going to be incredible. Facebook drones.
0: What a great idea.
1: You're flying internet. Okay, so that's our news today.
0: Adrian Wang is the director for innovation and sustainability for Tridale. He spent more than a decade working on the convergence of sustainability, technology, and building systems. He continues to challenge old assumptions about the construction industry as we move towards making our buildings healthier, safer, and smarter. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Alan. Glad yeah. to be here. Now, we should talk about the uh, awards you won recently.
2: Yeah, just very recently, we picked up Green Builder of the Year from Build. And we're a finalist for Green Builder of the Year and Home Builder of the Year, as well as People's Choice of the Year for EQ or Air Quality. So we're really excited about that, and we should have some really good news very shortly. All right. We have a, a bunch of questions. Grant, of course, is here.
0: He'll chime in when he uh, has something to say. And uh, let's just start this way. We we often hear about smart city, smart building, smart home. These are all theories that have been floating around for the last while. At at Tridel, how do you think smart building really impacts residents on a daily basis?
2: Yeah. So definitely smart buildings is a huge buzzword. It's been in the industry for a long time, especially with sidewalks and everything that's been happening down there. Um, I mean, for us, the way we look to look at it is really from a smart community standpoint. So a lot of the devices that you see from Amazon and Google, for example, that's about devices inside somebody's home in the single family home or townhouse or generally low rise structure. But fundamentally different from that is really high rise living, what that entails in terms of the common elements. So the way we look at it for the resident standpoint is how they interact with their common elements, which can represent up to 20% of your GFA. So a significant portion of the building is about the menus and the lifestyle of the residents who are living there. And we want them to be able to engage in those er- areas much more easily and to make it safer and healthier for them as well. Now, like what? What what, what sort of engagement are you talking about? Yeah, so there's a variety of features that are very different from a building. For example, you're driving into the building, into underground parking garage, how you get in and out of that building, having the visitors come in and out. So, for example, we've been working with this company called Locomobi, and obviously that's why Grant's here on the show today to talk about this as well. But how that interacts with the resident, we want to make that very seamless. So in a traditional building, for example, you would typically call a visitor to come into your building. They would go up to the concierge desk, grab a ticket, head back down, put it on the dashboard, head all the way back I up. I know kidding? that. just the whole trip, right? We want to be able to eliminate that. We want to make it very seamless and easy go-to experience. So we have an app for that now. We have Locomobi involved as well. There's a license plate recognition system. It scans your plates, lets you in. And you eliminate that entire experience for the visitors who are coming to the building. So that's really what we envision as being smart building or smart community.
0: Grant, should we talk about how this works?
1: Uh, first of all, yeah, just quickly. So yesterday I went down to a meeting. I want to just chime me up to meet at a new site. And apparently it was tried out because then we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I decided I would drive my summer car and not go to the construction site and park at uh, a team member's condo. One of the elite older condos on, in the, on the water. I pulled up in front, left my car running out front. Immediately, it was sitting there blocking traffic. I went inside. He then told me to go back outside and get my license number. So I walked back outside and got my number, came back in, he then wrote it down. He then phoned the tenant, which is a team member. He then said, okay, now what you're going to do, he wrote down my plate number. Drive back out now and go down just a ways. You'll see a gate there. I'm going to open that for you. And I was saying to myself, this is exactly why I did it. What a joke. Um, Now, that's my experience, but I'm sure being experienced in the business is no big deal for me compared to most. Um, Yeah, the idea has always been not to be smart building. We want to be part of smart smart transportation, smart infrastructure. The building is a microcosm of the whole smart world. So if you were to bring it back, you start with um, a a building is a microcosm of a smart community. Smart community is a building and a microcosm of a city or a region and, and, and so on. So we have to break it down that way. And how did I get into this? Um, as far as condominium parking is quite frankly, um, I sat down one day with a senior person at try it out, one of the top people in the company. He dumped out all his, his, uh, transponders on the, on the ground, said, I want to get rid of this stuff. What can you do? And so I may have had the technology, but I, I cannot take responsibility totally for the vision. It was a triad who have always been advanced. Uh, said we need to have the seamless integration of everything, not just parking. The reason parking is important is because it is the first thing that happens when you pull up. It's your first experience, and by the way,
2: it's your last experience. Exactly, and that's okay. it. And actually, just to add some color to that conversation that you had with Vision of all this, which started with Locomobi, The idea behind it was that you know we we accept certain things from building industry, but we would never accept that with the automotive industry. And so we like to compare ourselves to an automotive manufacturer in many respects because we look at the automotive industry as saying that gold standard for us, that benchmark for us. For example, you pick up a BMW, spend $50,000, $60,000 on this car. You would never accept a scratch on the car from its delivery. And that's the same approach that we take towards our buildings as well. We want to be able to turn over these residences without a scratch or a dent in them. That's the, the standard we adhere to. The other word that I should have mentioned before was that we actually picked up best customer care of the year. And that's where it comes from. It comes from a heart and a passion for the residents who are living there to ensure that the lifestyle that, that they have is what we promised them. And, you know, just going back to the car example, the the vision for all this, like I said, with a, with the license plate recognition system was to... Try to eliminate all the keys in your pocket, you know, all the junk that you're carrying around. Typically, we think of three things. There's your phone, your wallet, and your keys. If we're able to eliminate at least one of those items around one of those objects in your wallet or in your pockets, I I think people would really come to you know, be able to see that building as being very different. And we've heard that we've seen um, that coming back in terms of the surveys or the focus groups that we conduct. People really do appreciate that. You know, it's just one less thing you have to carry around with you.
0: So we know that Tridel is a leader in smart building technology and you're driving superior user experience and automation. How do potential buyers look at these features when they're deciding where to live? I mean, even in Toronto, there's a condo going up in every corner and everybody is out for your condo dollar. How Mm -hmm. do you with, this smart building technology.
1: I think. I think what you have to do uh, before you even go there is we've only talked about one little piece, but in their building we are part of a bigger application, and so they offer so many smart features from cable TV okay, to. Intercom- wait, wait, I'm going to leave that with I, them. I want to
0: go by the, uh, uh, one by one because I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated by this. You're selling homes that are completely integrated into itself and to everything around it. So let's let's talk about some of these, these technologies. Yeah, let's
2: unpack that because like Grant was saying, it's really part of a universe of other systems that are in there inside that building.
0: As opposed to like, okay, I've got a smart thermostat, which is not connected to my smart speaker, which is not connected to my smart lights. Okay, go. exactly.
2: We don't want to sell disparate systems. We, like I said, from the very beginning, we want to be able to stitch everything together very seamlessly. So it starts with the first experience of coming into the building with a license plate recognition system. But there's also a whole gamut of other features. So everything inside the unit, everything you see commercially available today for single family homes, we offer that, like a smart thermostat, smart door locks, smart shading if you're looking into, smart uh, lighting features, the smoke detector, which can integrate into the smart application as well. So in case you burn your toast or you know there's a fire inside your unit, God forbid, you're actually notified about that. Um, but it also integrates, like I said before, into the common element of the building as well. So the property management services, the building contact, the concierge, debug various rooms. Going forward, we envision financial transactions occurring off this. I don't want to you know, take the cat out of the bag a little bit too early, but for sure, I mean, we, we're we moving very quickly in this direction of further integration. And the way we're looking at it is we're looking at it from the lens of a software integrator. So we don't want to have nine or 10 different applications on somebody's phone. We want to be able to package all that under what we call Tridel Connect. So you have a, a dashboard? So the idea is to exactly get to a dashboard so you can control your various elements or features and amenities and have that very easily available to you at the touch of a button. So obviously web-based and you can access the dashboard from anywhere. Exactly. And I, I think the, the idea behind it is, obviously, we've seen the, the huge surge in popularity for Amazon, uh, Amazon or Google and these types of devices. I mean, a lot of these smart applications have been around for years, but I think part and parcel of why it's been so successful very recently is because it's really engaged the user by being very simple and very easy to use with voice activation and other forms of biometrics. And that's what we want to have as being the heartbeat of all this, of Tridel Connect. We want to be able to engage the user very easily, as opposed to, you know, having jumped through all these apps and pages and different, you know, different devices that aren't integrated well together. That's really what this is all about. So let's
0: talk about some of the things the residents would use. You you mentioned cable TV. How How does that figure in?
2: Yeah, so right now we offer our residents really, really competitive rates through Rogers. I mean, it's real, ultimately, it's up to them in terms of who they want to go with. But we offer that from the outset to the residents to reduce their bulk internet package. So they're paying rates to close to $40, for example, for bulk internet. Whereas I live in a house, I pay probably close to $80 or maybe more than that, maybe $90 for my internet package. So we want to be able to provide as much value to the resident as possible. But going forward, we, we really want to be able to tie that in together to everything else that's happening inside the building. So it's not just about internet. Um, obviously, that's the biggest piece of it. I mean, well, you must have a really big pipe coming into these buildings. We've got a fiber pipe coming into the building. That's what it's about. Yeah. So it's no longer about running the copper up and down the building with a big chunk of wiring, you know, going every which way. It's about fiber optics. And that supplies the internet speed, which allows for all these communication devices to talk to each other.
0: Because I do know people who live in older condos right now and they're stuck at home working during COVID. And at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, everybody's online. That's it. And yeah. there is no upload, no download. It just is choked.
2: Yeah. Bandwidth has been our lifeline through this crisis for sure. It's been a huge lifesaver. I mean, who would have envisioned all this, right? You know, thousands of people, more than that, living at home and working from home. Everyone's on the internet all day, every day now, right? I was saying, you know, to a lot of my colleagues in the very beginning when this was happening, I was just so, so tired of all these Teams meetings, Zoom meetings, and whatnot. But for sure, I mean, you can't live without internet these days, right? So we're envisioning new things for the future as well, like Zoom rooms, for example, the ability for people to actually- Wait, a Zoom room? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little thing that we're working on right now. It's not fully baked, but the idea is that we want to be able to accommodate various residents to work in the common areas because we envision that trend being here to stay. You know, this whole idea of remotely working, a lot of companies already talk about, you know, not resuming the workforce in the office until 2021 and who knows- thereafter, right? I mean, my wife works at TD Bank and she's been on this hoteling feature before that. And I think that uh, trend has really cemented itself as being here for, for you know, who knows the next 10, 20 years or perhaps for our lifetimes. And so we want to be able to accommodate residents who might be working from home in a common area. So they're not, you know, jammed in there together with their dog and their cats and their kids running around. I've got two young kids of my own and I can you know, express how difficult that is to get any sort of meetings going or getting work done. Right. So we want to be able to make that as easy to use as possible too. Let's talk about smart
0: building technologies for the building management team. What sort of things will they be using it for?
2: Yeah. So we've actually been in that space for a number of years. Um, we were actually one of the first builders to actually launch a building automation system. So again, when you're talking about these buildings, um, the heart of the building is in the mechanical penthouse. So that's where I've done a lot of work in my past life was involved with mechanical systems, electrical systems, you know, designing chillers, boilers, pumps, things of that nature. A lot of people don't understand that that is probably one of the most critical components of these buildings. And it's got to be run very efficiently because it's also driving up all your utility costs, which are not necessarily reflected in your utility bill it comes out of the condo fees so we want to be able to run a very efficient boiler plant and chiller plant to reduce the common area cost for the residents and the way we we're able to do that was with the launch of a building automation system so what the system does is it maximizes or optimizes that plant to ensure that you know you're not overheating your boilers to ensure that there's condensing operation within the boilers for example the chillers will put what we call variable frequency drives to reduce the pump speed of that as well. So, all this lowers the cost of the electricity, gas, and water being, that's being spent by the common air component. How about building security? Building security is another big component of Tridel Connect as well. So. With this whole touchless feature, and even before this whole COVID situation, I gave the example of the car earlier, right? Not having those keys in your pockets. That is really what drove our security systems to be smart as well. So the idea is that we've got an app on the phone that will unlock all the doors from when you get inside the building all the way up to your suite.
0: Is this something that you have to physically do or it just Picks up a beacon on your phone,
2: and that's it. It's 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 either Bluetooth technology. We worked with it for different providers, and there's different communication protocols around that. A lot of it is Bluetooth, or there's um, uh, other forms of communication as well, which will unlock those doors. And like I said, it's really meant to eliminate one of the objects in your pocket, so you don't need any keys. You don't need any keys. Well, you're seeing a lot
0: of cars, and again, we come back to our automo- uh, automobile manufacturer mm-hmm. uh, analogy. Uh, you know, all these. All these manufacturers are saying, just leave your phone in your pocket and that's your keys for
2: your car. That's it. That's, that's exactly know, it.
1: Uh, the car I just ordered was an electric car. <clears throat> and same thing. There's not even a door handle.
2: You just walk up. No
0: kidding.
1: And so I'm saying to myself, this is what I've always wanted. And, and I think that, um, again, uh, when we started with, with Tridel and their smart thing, we did probably start it early with them. We were kind of a, a, a leader thinking ahead. And you talked about security. We even tell them if a person walks in, skateboards, or tailgates another car into the, into the facility. Um, and, and, and so we've closed a loophole there and they'll do that everywhere. Um, but when you get into these smart cars, since we're talking about them, all the future smart cars are going to have, as we know now, will have their own IP address. And it'll be the ability of what will the auto manufacturers open up to us? So if I can talk to their IP address, I'm done. So, so I think that's what, what we're doing there. Now, one thing you need to talk about when we're talking about services is, and is that, remember, um, we, you brought up Sidewalk. Well, people, maybe we should mm-hmm. tell them Sidewalk Labs, which is the Google version of Smart City. I think Tridel have jumped the gun on them in that, for example, they're building Bayside Village which is five or six buildings. I know we're in them. They're in them.
2: Yeah, but four I, residential buildings and an office tower. It's
1: a pretty cool. Now, think of this, guys. I'm driving into the area and Tridel is in this community of five buildings. I know when they get to the area, not to the building. Oh, do you want to send them to a restaurant? Do you want, to, do you want me to tell you UPS is coming to your building? Now you can see where it all fits into their big infrastructure and not so much that microcosm that we
2: started with. And that's what we are hoping
1: happens all over the city down the road.
2: Exactly. It's more of that village mindset, actually, the way we look at it. That's a completely master-planned community. So there's wide boulevards. There's access to the building from all four sides. There's really no back-of-house operation when you walk inside that building. And it's really meant to be this community, this vibrant community that lives down there together. I mean, you should visit the place during the summer. The place is buzzing. It's unbelievable.
1: I want to ask one question before we move on. Um, I know that Tridel primarily are condominiums and some mixed use, and that's great. What about home developments, which I get it. The investment to build homes these days is not the same as before. And a lot of your big builders are moving from single homes to communities. But wouldn't a gated community with homes be the same thing?
2: Yeah, actually, I, I've <laughs> thought about that a few times myself as well. I think it's actually a really interesting idea because I, I've got cousins and family that live down in San Francisco. And it's all about gay communities down there. Same thing? It, it is very similar. Um, I mean, fundamentally, one of the major differences is matter of land that's required for it right now. As we all know, land is very expensive here in Toronto. We focus a lot on the downtown core. And for that reason, we need higher density developments. But there's also sustainability issues around that as well. Obviously, the infrastructure to support these buildings is a lot simpler. And it's a lot, you know, approximately wise, it's just a lot closer, easier to build, right? Um, So we've largely focused on the high-rise buildings for now. But it is a really interesting concept. And I used to work for a different company before that had both a low-rise and a high-rise portfolio. And it's really interesting when you can... Uh, Compare the performance; they're they're very different. I mean, just with the trades that we work with—it's different. Uh, the way these buildings are built and designed—you're looking at wood on one side, concrete on the other side—it's it's night and day.
0: What are some of the large barriers and challenges to implementing these technologies? Are you worried about people going, "Uh-oh, this is Big Brother"?
2: Uh, yeah, there's definitely that piece, and obviously that's been a hot topic with Sidewalk Labs, right? I mean, part of, part of that. The reason why maybe it failed was because of all the whole privacy issues around it. Um, definitely, it's been a key component of our consideration as well. The, the way we've wired our buildings, you know, I talked about that fiber cable before. It's actually a separate network. It's a privately managed separate network that's dedicated for all these smart features. And it's under lock and key in terms of management. So it's not like it's over Wi-Fi and anybody can jump on that network and hack it. This is really meant to be a state-of-the-art, security system. We actually went out and hired one of the best security hackers out there to see if you could break through our system. And we patched all the holes in that thing to make sure that that thing was built like a tank.
0: Hmm. What about five or 10 or 15 years down the road? I mean, this technology is moving fairly quickly. Uh, 5G is going to arrive sooner than later. What do you see happening with smart buildings, smart communities going forward?
2: Yeah, so the way we like to look at that is really from a provisioning angle. We want to ensure that everything is roughed in for the future. So when you look at 5G, for example, we've been networking some of our buildings with what we call the distribution antenna system. And the idea behind that is to enhance the cellular signals inside a building because I'm sure if you live in a high-rise building, you've probably experienced that. Yeah, and there's a funny story that's been circling around. Apparently, one of the residents in our building had to order pizza, and he was trying to pay with a credit card. But the person with the vending machine, the credit card reader, they couldn't get a clear signal, so they were literally hanging off the balcony trying to get a reception so they could bill the resident, and that's where the, the you know it is. kind of clicked in our heads that you know there should be cell phone signals in buildings. We spoke about internet as being a key utility for these residents, but for sure, cell phone signals is just as much as poss- a part of that as. Wi-Fi is or internet. Is. Yeah, depending on which
0: frequency range you are using on your phone at any given time or your device at any given time, it won't penetrate concrete.
2: Exactly. And, and steel, concrete, and actually the windows are a big uh, big detractor to those signals. Um, so what we do, like I said in the beginning, is we, we put in these distributed antenna systems to boost the signals within the buildings themselves. And from a provisioning standpoint, these systems can carry up to 5G signals, you know, two, three years down the line. I don't know how long it's going to take for that to be built up properly, but we definitely want to provision these buildings along with the fiber optic systems, like I spoke to you before, that can carry that larger bandwidth because the only trend that we see happening right now is that people are using more of that service, more of that utility. It's never going to be less. And so we want to design our buildings um, from start to finish for that five-year period.
0: What What would your dream technology be? You are in charge. Unlimited budget. You he have is opera- in charge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't have the unlimited budget, though. I don't have a blank. But shack. he's in <laughs> charge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking donations. Yeah, I don't. You know, that's a great question. Um, I think if if there was anything that I could do, I, I think for sure, voice has got to be a key part of that. I think biometrics. You know, just the ability for you to engage with this very seamlessly and in a very easy use manner for sure, key, you know, key to that has got to be either voice technology or something that just doesn't involve you punching all these buttons and codes. And, you know, I, I mean, I've got an iPhone myself and, you know, I thought that some of the features on here might have been a little bit gimmicky, but one of the key features I really like is that face recognition for me to pay you know online or, or to unlock my phone even. And it's funny that it's really, it's, it's really engaged me in that way because it is so easy to use. And I think, you know, that's not to nail down any specific technology that I'm looking at, but I think just the way we engage these residents has got to be about biometrics.
1: So, you know, we're, um, I agree with them, of course. I've been saying that for years, but facial recognition is good. And, of course, we're working very close using Google Assistant. Um, until someone can develop the proper software that's engaging on its own, you use the features that people are used to. You know, Androids and, I don't know, 85% of operating phone systems in the world And so we're now running stuff like talking to you. Do you need help? And they'll talk back to you. And when you ask them something, as you know, if you're using Google or Watson, it studies, it has algorithms that study millions of things at once. And so it gets you that answer immediately, anything you want to know. So we're doing that now. And even in their systems, we have some voice engagement now. But um, I think facial has to be, voice is not good for that area because then people are standing behind you. And you have to be careful of what you're saying. You're not going to say a code that someone else can use. But I think you're right. That's the the ultimate is nothing on you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> That's the ultimate. Nothing the ultimate on is you. so okay. we we got rid of the keys. Next thing loose okay. is so, a phone, maybe.
1: So let's take it a further. Only one for one minute. So as you guys know, my partner Barney Powell, who invented uh, advanced search engine called Bing and sold it to Microsoft, and also early inventor of artificial intelligence. They think it's going to be brainwaves. So let's really look. Now, this is something my belief So tried I just have out. to
0: think and my door opens. They're
1: doing it now. They're checking brainwaves to, to, for action. And, and we shouldn't sit here and go, oh my God, guys, come on. Anything is possible. Okay. So you ask for the ultimate, it's you think it. Could that be amazing? Unless you're thinking about your like your friend or your wife and get, you
0: know. I I don't know if I want my door knowing my innermost thoughts. Well,
1: you wouldn't. Well, that's up to your thoughts, right? Yeah, there's got to be some but, sort yeah. of filter on that. Oh, right? absolutely. But anyhow, you get my point. I yeah, mean, for sure. And I think the best thing you need to understand. People ask, from being a technology guy for 35, 40 years, what's next? I always tell them, I don't know. What do you mean? No, you just have to be ready. It is so engaging. It is so fast. I mean, even dealing with a company like Triadell, it changes. Grant, we want to do bikes now. Grant, we want to, well because they want everything. And you used to always say, "Nah." Now you say, "Okay, let's
2: figure it out." That's it, right? You know, I mean, technology is changing all the time, and one of the key difficulties for us is actually designing these buildings that won't be constructed for another two or three years. And so, that length like of time, a lot of this technology can change. So, when we in, implemented this uh, in the beginning at Ten York that timeline from when we had the concept of smart home and smart technology to when the building was actually constructed. It was like seven years. Yeah, it was seven years. I mean, it's also a 70-story or 68-story building, right? So it took a long time to actually construct all that. But that's what we have to plan for. We have to forecast, you know, what do we see as being a trend that's here to stay for the next four or five years? And so even as we're talking about COVID, for sure, we want to do whatever we can to ensure that our buildings are healthy and safe for the residents. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that, this, this vaccination comes out the next year or so, right? This might, you know, might not be the key focus four or five years down the road. So it's not like we want to necessarily have all these devices in there just for COVID. And then, you know, the building gets occupied in four or five years come 2024, 25. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's history, right? So we have to be adaptable to that too.
0: Well, certainly looking forward to seeing what you guys can do. Um, Thank you for joining us, Adrian. Appreciate it. Adrian, again, is the uh, Director of Innovation and Sustainability for Tridel. Is there some place where we can go to learn more about what you guys are doing?
2: Definitely. Check out tridel.com. It's got an innovation tab on that, and it's got a whole gamut of information about what we're doing in terms of smart homes, smart buildings, but also about how we can make our places healthier and safer, too.
0: Fantastic. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And that's it for this edition of the Smart City Podcast. Upcoming programs will feature more smart people and their ideas for connecting us together through smart technologies. If you have any questions or comments, send them to feedback at thesmartcity.blog. If you want our website, it's thesmartcity.blog. The Smart City Podcast is brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless, and secure solutions. Executive producer is Grant Furlane. Technical productions by Rob Johnston. Executive assistant is Andrea Crawford. I'm Alan Cross, and we'll see you next time.